Well, welcome to the Empower Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and ultimately empowers you to influence people and transform cities. Enjoy the message. Two amazing people that we love so dearly. And just a little bit on Pastor Paul and Kate, uh, if you're unfamiliar uh, to who they are, Pastor Paul and Kate have been married for 17 years now. Uh, let's, let's make some noise. That, that's impressive. 17 years. They have uh, three amazing children, Abigail, who's crazy, but she's amazing, and, uh, and Riley, who, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, Pastor Kate, jumped into the ocean uh, yesterday, which is, I think he just loves water. Uh, I don't know if he was allowed to jump into the ocean, but he did. And uh, Josiah, who is their eldest uh, son, which is so cool. And they've been pastoring the church for 10 years now. Uh, of Empower Church and how blessed we are to have them as our senior pastors. So once again, can we just make them feel so welcome as we uh, dive in today. Thank you so much for all you do here. So uh, firstly, I want to ask you, because this is more of a conversation here today, how are you guys going this morning? How, how, how was the morning? A little bit cold. A little bit know, cold. It's great. It's great yeah. to be here, yeah. actually. Yeah, it was a good morning. It's always a busy morning on, on Sundays. Like it's game day, you know, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good day. Best day of the week. Love it, love it. Well, as we dive in today, uh, we, we wanted to start, start with some good questions because uh, we wanted to really dive into, go, yeah, just, just understand a little bit more about who Pastor Paul and Kate are. So um, I've got a question for you this morning. Uh, dating phase, all that kind of stuff. Even prior to that, who made the first move with you guys? Who, who, who made the first move? That was definitely me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, Tell us the 17-year story. How did it all? Uh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I guess like we were, we were. I was a youth pastor at the time, and uh, you know we were just sort of you know building the team. And Kate was one of the youth leaders as well. And uh, you know it was a fledgling team at the time, but it was kind of like you know that season that we just got to know each other so well. And you know uh, I was kind of doing you know in that first year. I was kind of doing jobs and starting a, a small business and doing all sorts of stuff at the same time. And I, I, for a short season, I actually on the side was doing like window cleaning, like on the side. And I remember um, Kate's dad gave me uh, uh, one of the one of the early contracts, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll take that, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, I remember, you know, amongst you know youth pastoring and this little side business I had going and a few other things, I was like, you know, quite young. And, uh, and I remember, you know, doing this, doing this job and Alan, Kate's dad afterwards was kind of like, hey, Paul, you did really, really well, but you took too long on Kate's window, <laughs> far too long. I mean, I must have been there for half an hour. And we're just sitting there talking to each other through the window, <laughs> chatting away. And, uh, and I think it all kind of, you know, I was... So all... window cleaning didn't pan out for him, no, really. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, a, did something else instead. So there was a few jobs I had that first year of you know, getting cracking into becoming a youth pastor. But um, at the end of the day, like, I remember, you know, 2002, I was, I was at a conference, at National Conference for INCR Movement, and, um, and I just, you know, I, I was praying one afternoon before the night session, and uh, God just encountered me as I was praying, and, uh, and just hit me so strongly. He just said, Paul, Kate's going to be your wife. You will marry her. He gave me this incredible vision. Um, you know, I saw, I was a ship and running on the ship and I saw this other ship just join me 
uh, and then I saw Kate's face and, and this whole picture of our family together and all that God was going to do through our lives together in ministry as well. And, you know, just, just pictures and snippets. And he was like, Paul, go home, ask her out. You know, I'm like, thanks, God. You don't usually say that sort of stuff. But, yeah, <laughs> I went home and I asked her on a coffee date and uh, we, it all went from there. So That cool. is so amazing. And I must say, uh, there must be some sort of anointing for the youth pastor to then date someone in their team. And I think I might have also had the anointing <laughs> of Pastor Paul on me it's all or something over you. like that. Pastor, uh, yeah. Pastor Joe, who was hosting before, is my wife now. So, uh, so, so good. Praise God. Praise God. Um, what is the perfect family holiday for you guys or day off? What's the perfect holiday? Oh, look, it's, I can fluctuate, but I, my perfect holiday would be one where you don't have to wake up and get kids ready for something. So you can just sleep in just a little bit. Uh, part of my day off would be uh, like a walk through like the, a bushwalk or something like that, or a walk along the beach, some sort of like uh, physical activity, and then just hanging out at home, really, in the Love afternoon. It. Love it. <laughs> I, I guess my, my best day off is when I just spend it with Kate. I know that's cliche, but honestly, I love it. I just love spending the day. It's like the best day of the week, our day off. It's our Sabbath, and I just want to hang with her and uh, usually just head to the beach or, you know, do some form of fitness and stuff together and eat some good food, and yeah. that's, that's a pretty, you know, cruisy day, but yeah. it's a good day. Yeah. Cool. I love that rather than a romantic walk on the beach, it's like a hot and sweaty run on the beach for both of you. <laughs> just like fitness. And Honey, we're walking too slow. Let's pick it up. <laughs> let's pick it up. It's true. Come on, let's get this PB. PB. Love it. Um, who? Uh, controversial, maybe. Who's your favourite child? No, just kidding. You can't answer that. They're gonna look on the podcast after like ten years and be like, "You're kidding me." Just kidding. Um, final one for these ones. There is a bug, spider, or unknown thing crawling in the house. Who is the most likely to be the brave and deal with the situation? Probably Riley. I think he's pretty, <laughs> he's pretty good. Paul is actually quite hilarious when it comes to cockroaches. <laughs> Please, pass the gate. I love right. Uh. He's, he is definitely the bravest, but if there's like a cockroach, because you know how they fly sometimes? Like he's like, you do definitely keep that distance. Like shoe. Yeah, it's the shoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's spiders, that's the thing. It's just gotta, like, oh, as soon spiders. as you see them, it's like. I'm cockroaches, you're spiders, that's I never what it noticed, is. I've noticed, honestly, spiders always rock up on the wall at 2 a.m. <laughs> and, and, and it's always Kate that sees it, and it's like. Can you get it? Oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> All right, 2 a.m. Love it, love it. Oh, that is so great. But Riley, if you ever need anyone, <laughs> maybe call them up, say, hey, can Riley come over? Uh, so good. Well, been together for 17 years, and for those at, at this current stage in life, they might be single and looking to date, and even just talking about who made the first move and all that kind of stuff, but also doing it, uh, you know, dating, marriage in a godly way. I want to ask here, what are some of the things that you both, I guess, looked for in each other that you're like, you know what, this is, or, you know, look for in general that you're like, you know what, this is the this is the right one for me, and this is how I know 17 years is a testament mm. to knowing that it was the right one as well. Uh, what, what were some of the things that maybe you look for in each other, even in what you did in that time? 
Yeah. So for me, I wanted to marry someone who loved Jesus. That was right at the top of my list. And not just loved Jesus, but was really active in that. Like you could see the fruit of that. Um, Someone who uh, was growing and had a teachable heart, someone who had vision and confidence for their life. That was really top of my list. And um, obviously that's what you are. So that's really great. Score. Yeah, I guess, you know, this is just for any, uh, any single people here as well. You know, I, I started praying for, for, for Kate, my wife, when I was 15. I just started praying for her. And it was a regular prayer. Just prayed for her and just believed God. Lord, Lord thank you that you're going to... We didn't get married till I was 24. But at the end of the day, I think you've got to sow seeds, hey? You've got to, you've got to believe God, even if you're, you know, um, you know, believing right now, no matter what age you are, to believe to be married, be praying. Uh, who is that person that you're believing for? Um, you know, and I think for, for myself, I wanted someone with godly character. I wanted someone with honesty, integrity, all those things. Um, but I, I really wanted someone that I was just, we were just going to be in love and do this journey together. I wanted someone that would be prepared to love Jesus more than they love me. That was important to me. All right. They needed to love Jesus more than they love me because we would always call each other up to Jesus. That was the biggest thing I wanted. And I married that. I got that in you, honey. And, um, and I, just, uh, I just think that's one of the biggest things is that you've got to be, you, you, you're in this thing together. You're a team. And uh, the whole journey together through it all. Yeah, cool. So good. Switching gears more to married life, family life, and looking at the different stages uh, that we can go through, seasons of life as, as humans and as people. Um, 17 years is a milestone, it's a testament, but how do you keep the connection alive through the different stages of being young, married, uh, having kids? How have you kept that connection alive between yourselves in this, um, in, through those stages? Yeah, well, connection is really important. Connection is, should be almost our number one goal for our marriage because... Um, you know, it's really great to have someone to split the bills with and, like, to share the household jobs with, but that's not really the point of marriage. You know, you to marry someone, you want someone to share your life with, to share your heart with. And so when it came to... Um, What's the question? I have to write the questions down so I can come back to it. But how to keep connection alive. I think when it came to having small children and babies, uh, it's a really difficult season in your life, right? You have this thing, this baby that's so helpless and vulnerable and you're the one responsible for keeping that baby alive. Nobody else is responsible. You're responsible. And you're not sleeping and all this stuff. And you you get into this, um, I guess it's kind of like a crisis mode because all your energy is going to this child. And when you're in this mode, um, a lot of the peripheral self-sufficient relationships kind of have to look after themselves for a while while you focus on this baby. And um, that's okay if it's only a short season, but if that kind of endures, you actually stop investing into relationships that are going to bring really great fruit in the long term. And one of those is your marriage. And um, so for us, that was definitely, uh, I guess, it was something that we really realised and um, there was this one point I do remember where we had small babies and we had a lot on our plate. We were still doing a lot of life. And, and um, I got to the point where I realised that my or our connection was getting stretched. It was um, becoming really, really challenged. And uh, we just had to sit down and have that really frank conversation and really notice what was happening. For me, I had to be aware of what was going on in my heart. And um, we sat down and we talked about it and we talked about the fact that we could have kept going 
in our life and keep going in the direction that we were going. And we probably would have survived and we probably would have been okay because we were pretty um, self-sufficient as people. But if we kept or if we allowed the disconnection to stay there, that we would have grown apart, we would have become completely disconnected and we would have been okay and it may have looked okay from the outside, but internally we would have ended up as independent, separate people. But because we, I guess, had this vision for our marriage that we would enjoy each other and that we would... uh, we actually wanted to last. We wanted to steward what God had given us. It wasn't just supposed to be endured. Uh, so we just made the choice to regain that connection. And um, it actually took forgiveness. It took repentance. It took longer, a longer amount of time than I realised. It took a, a few months to actually bring it back into connection. It took uh, being really intentional with our time, saying no to some of the expectations that were placed on us so that we could really focus on that time. And uh, yeah, just definitely something we had to walk through when we had little babies. But now it's, it, it's easier. <laughs> our kids are in school. We take a day off together. Uh, we do things that we enjoy together. We spend time and we have like this scheduled time where we can talk about how we're going, talk about our vision for the future, talk about um, just everything, talk about if there is disconnection, it's a time where we're like, we're going to solve this and we're going to move forward to that, through that. Yeah, Absolutely. I think the, the key is that a family is, is not built around the children, a family is built around the marriage and that's a big key and you've got you to gotta, you gotta fight for that. I'm not saying fight with each other, you've got to fight for that, you've got to be intentional um, because one day... You know, 20, 20 plus, 25 years, your kids are going to move out. Um, you know, there's people here. You're in that season now. You're empty nesters and, you know, you, you're still working and doing stuff as well. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's all built around your kids and built around your jobs and what you're doing, your career and the call of God, all that stuff, you're not building and investing into each other. You're, you're actually not stewarding your marriage. You're not stewarding that well. And I've got to say, like, sometimes it's it's intense. Sometimes it's... Like, you've got, to, you've got to actually make the time because, you know, everyone tries to avoid conflict. We try to avoid, get away from it. I'm going to create more jobs. I'm going to create more work. I'll study more. I'll do all this other stuff so I can just avoid having to deal with that stuff. But at the end of the day, sometimes you've got to dive into it and go, you know what? I've got to change some things. I've got to shift some things in my life to help this connection um, move forward. And, you know, and I think that's important. You've got to be intentional about it. And I, I love that you know, we've learnt, you know, our marriage isn't perfect, but we have learnt to talk to each other and say, hey, you know, you know, I think we need to work on this right now, or, you know, you know, the last week you've been a bit crumpy, you know what I mean, that's usually my end, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, what, what's going on, what's happening, let's sit down and talk about it, and, uh, and then it's good, it's like a, an audit, you know, and just to go, yeah, I'm sorry, honey, I'm sorry, I've, you know, I've been a bit caught up with stuff and a little bit stressed about this or whatever it may be. I'm sorry that I've been that way. I just didn't even notice it, you know. And it's good you can come back again and go, hey, let's reconnect. Let's renew. Let's, let's you know, um, walk this journey together. And I think that's important. Yeah. Off the back of that, um, if someone's kind of in that space right now or it's like connection has been lost, I mean, I think you've answered it greatly in that question just there and that answer right there. But if they're in that moment right now, what, what would be maybe some encouragement to that place and what can, what can they do in this moment of being drifted? How can they get back? Yeah, I think, um, 
I think the first thing we need to do is actually realise it's happening. Sometimes we actually don't know that it's happening until we see some external behaviours. So uh, maybe an extrovert, you di- like Paul said, you're diving more into your work or maybe you're being a bit more expressive in your communication. Maybe there's a bit of an edge to it. For an introvert, you know, maybe you're withdrawing more, you're spending more time by yourself. Uh, maybe your partner's like, you're being a bit narky or, you know, what's going on? Like they should be red flag behaviours that something's not right in my heart. And so for me, if... What I do is if I notice some of these behaviours, I need to get time alone with God. Uh, I need to spend time with God. And part of that process is a prayer process, which is like, God, show me what's going on on in my heart. Like I've got this behaviour or these feelings, but I don't actually, I can't identify what's going on what's going on or what's caused it. You know, do I have unforgiveness in my heart? Do I have an assumption that I have that I haven't communicated? Is there a fence there that I haven't let go? Like what's going on? And another thing is um, just God, am I depleted? Is it not about my spouse at all, but am I depleted spiritually, emotionally, physically, uh, uh, relationally? Like, is it something else? And once you've really identified what it is that's causing that disconnection, then you can do something about it. If it's not about your spouse at all, look, they don't they cop the brunt of what we're feeling because they're our most close relationship. But if it's not about them, then we need to set boundaries in our own life. We need to have self-care. We need to go to bed earlier and change our diet and take some vitamins, like do what it takes to sort us out. But if it is about our partner or if there's something in our relationship, the first thing we need to do is to pray for them. We need to lift them up. We need to be grateful. We need to pray specifically for the stuff that they're facing. Uh, And then we need to talk about it. And we'll probably talk about that a bit in in the next question. But um, one of the last things is to show their love language. It's very, uh, it's hard to, Look, it's easy, easier to get over what's going on in our heart if we're intentional about showing love in the way that our partner receives love the most. So that's really, really important. Yeah, yeah anything to add there, Paul? Yeah, I think, you know, what Kate said, you've got to come back to the source. And I, I shared this last week in the message, but you've got to come back to the source of love. Love has to renew through the source of love. That's Christ. And our marriage is built on Jesus. It, you know, if we're both Christians, and I know some part-times... You have a person that's married to someone who's unsaved and that's another story that we'll get into maybe a little later. But I just think at the end of the day, if you're both Christians, you're both believers, you've got to come back to that place in Christ together and allow God to speak to us. Sometimes we do avoid that. We do avoid listening to the Holy Spirit because we kind of just don't want to go through the uncomfortableness of coming to the realisation that I actually have things that I have to change. I've got things in me that I need to change because it's really easy to look at the other and go, she's doing this and she's doing that and she's doing all these things and God's like, okay, let me read you your list. I'll just roll it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and uh, and it's, oh God, don't do that to me. You know, but you, you... it, when we come to that realisation, God, God's so amazing and gracious that he doesn't go, you've got to solve all these things in one hit. Usually it comes down to one thing. Hey, start working on this. Start working on this. Chase too many rabbits, sometimes you lose all of them. So it's probably important to come and grab the one thing and go, God, I'm going to start working on this in my life. And for, so that I can be a better husband to my wife. I can be a better wife to my husband. And, you know, if we're working on that one thing at a time, You know, oftentimes you're going to be a better parent. You're going to be a better friend. You're going to be a better person uh, because you're actually allowing God to do work of transformation and sanctification inside of our lives. And I think that's important. Yeah, love it. Um, 
We all know that uh, communication is so important in any relationship, uh, let alone marriage. I've known that two months in. Um, uh, it's very important to do the dishes uh, when she says do the dishes. Um, and we know that it's so important. And, and according to a McCrindle study, it says, uh, a stat here is two in five Australians actually experience tension in their most significant relationships due to communication. And uh, Pastor Kate, I might get you to, um, yeah, give some wisdom on this, but what can we do when we feel that our significant other doesn't, doesn't want to or won't talk about the bigger heart or hard issues when we believe they're actually really important? It's a great question. So communication is like the relational bridge that joins one person to another. And depending on what can cross that bridge determines the strength of the relationship, the level of connectedness. So if like motorbike type issues, like small issues are only able to cross, like the how's your day, what did you do today, you know, how's the weather, what have you got on your schedule? If it's just those type of uh, conversations that are happening, the relationship's going to be really shallow. Um, the vulnerability levels is quite low. Um, so it's the connection is not going to be felt really great. But if semi-trailer type issues are able to cross that bridge, you know, like these are my deepest fears or uh, stuff I'm struggling with, what I heard from God, what I'm believing for our future. Like if big issues and obviously working through like the issues of life together, if you have those conversations, then your level of connection and your strength is going to be deepened. It's going to be stronger. Um, there's going to be that greater vulnerability. But the thing is, is that you can't make anyone do something they don't want to do. You can't make someone talk who doesn't want to talk. To have these conversations, you need both a hearer, uh, a listener and a talker. And then you both need to be able to take turns to be those things as well. And so if it's been a while since you've had those deep conversations, you might need to get a little bit of extra help. You might need to get a relationship counsellor or someone that can just help you kickstart those conversations again and help you bring that vulnerability back into your relationship. But if you do have two people who are able and willing to have those conversations, they're willing to lean into the uncomfortableness of those conversations, I just a couple of things. I would recommend starting with unconditional love starting with a foundation of love, because perfect love, uh, love casts out fear, right? And when fear is in our relationship, or like um, it really affects our connection, right? So we all have a fear response, fight, flight or freeze. You've probably heard that. We're both uh, can be fighters. So uh, I fluctuate bef between fight and flight. Um, so that's my normal fear response. But if we're like just fighting uh, and not actually moving forward, if we lean into our fear response, uh, then it's going to wreck connection. So we need to be able to lead ourselves past our natural urges, our natural human, uh, you know, past those responses to be able to have those conversations. And if you start with unconditional love, like I know this is going to be hard to have this conversation, but I love you. I'm not going to leave you. Never say the D word. You know, this is, this is not where we're heading. Um, then it's gonna be a lot easier to have those conversations. Another thing is to work on how you communicate. Like we can all learn skills, right? Um, we all know, we've all heard of the I statements. I feel this, when this happens, let's try to work on it. Um, the best statement I ever heard was from Brene Brown, I think in her book, Rising Strong. And she talks about when you're getting into that conflict stage to start with a sentence, um, the story that I'm telling myself. So because of this, what's going on, the story that I'm telling myself right now is this. And what that does is says, 
what's happened, I've retained a version of the events. There's something that I'm telling myself. I don't know if it's true, um, but I want to come and I want to get understanding. I want to have this conversation. It's, it's really just, I guess, just providing that space where you can get that understanding. Um, and then you move forward to address the needs. And there's a lot of other different things you can do. Make sure you respect your boundaries. Make sure you give permission to have timeouts if it's getting too heated, those sort of things. Yeah, so. that's a great way. I love that point of just yeah. coming back to unconditional love in the same way that Christ has extended that to us. We now build a foundation with our marriage, our relationships on that. That's so great, Pastor Kate. I want to ask Pastor Paul, um, yeah, this question. What, what do I do if, my, uh, if I find my spouse and I are on different spiritual or faith levels like one is differing from the other like i'm feel i'm quote stronger or they they're stronger or what what do i do if i feel like we're on different levels yeah yeah absolutely i think we we need to start at this premise at the start like as a parent i i for my kids i don't want them to have a pseudo relationship with god through kate and i i i want them to encounter jesus i want them to have a relationship with god for themselves and my job as a parent or our job as parents is to lead them to that place closer to Jesus. Um, you know, and I think there's a, there's a key in that as well is that if we're both believers, we both love Jesus, then we've both got to choose to be responsible to cultivate our relationship with Christ. We do. And um, you're going to be married a long time. Um, many of you here, I know there's people in the congregation today who've been married 50 years, 60 years. Um, I know there's some that have celebrated anniversaries of recent times that, that have been that long, and that's decades and decades of life together. So you're going to go through seasons. You're going to go through times when, when one's going to be stronger than the other spiritually, um, but that's okay. We're in this together. We're not in a contract. We're in a covenant. Uh, we're doing this thing together. So if one spouse is struggling or going through something or you know maybe it's through work or maybe it's just internal or emotional or whatever they're going through you know that's when we got to pray for them we've got to stand with them and encourage them and bring them through it um instead of going come on pick it up you know i'm doing all the work here no it's not know how to respond know how to see the moment you know and uh and this is always something that we've got to be able to walk together on this journey together and encourage each other pray for each other Pray with each other. Pray alone, but pray with each other together. It's really, really important. One thing that Kate and I do, if we have to discuss a bigger issue or discuss something that's, you know, we've got to work through, um, right at the end of the conversation, as soon as we're done, be like, all right, let's pray. Every time. It's just something we do. Uh, it's like, all right, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's believe God together. It's just hard to be upset with each other when you're praying together. It's just a great thing to do. And, uh, and when you're praying, because you're bringing God into the center of it, and you're saying, Lord, you know, we've both got convictions. We go, both see things from different angles right now, but you are the central point here. And I know that you're going to help us to get stronger in you and find what your answers are. It's cool. Yeah, so good. Uh, just on that about us having our own, you know, personal relationship with God, our unique design with Him and our own time with Him, and then we can spend it with our spouse. But on an individual level, what, what can... Um, what do we do if there's a moment where we feel God's really impressing something in our own individual life of like, this is the direction I need to go, or we need to start doing this, or we need to start investing into this, into, you know, a relationship or rather a, a financial decision? What do we do if we're feeling something, but maybe our spouse isn't on that level? Yeah, okay. I, I think at the end of the day, like if we're... So I'll use an example. If I prayed on something for like two weeks... 
and I've got a resonating word in my spirit. God's in this. We're going to do this. And I haven't even mentioned it to Kate. I don't, I, I, I've learned, don't be disappointed when I go and tell her and she's like, I don't agree with that. Sometimes it's exactly like that too. What about this? What about that? What about all these other things? I'm like, don't throw a wet blanket on the dream. It's a dream. You're killing it. Pop the balloon. Like, don't kill the dream. Like, we have had those discussions. But yeah, uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you've got to give your spouse time. Like, I've, I've got a resonating word. I, gotta, I see this. Um, but you, you've got to give them time to go, okay, can you process this? And I've learned over the years to go, hey, can you just pray about this? This is something that God's shown me or spoken to me. I'd love for you to pray about this. Let's talk about this in a, day, in a week or so or in a few days and let's discuss this together. Because I, I think everyone has different processes to their faith. That's really important. Everybody has different processes to their faith. It doesn't mean that, you know, just because I landed quicker than you that I'm greater in my faith than you are. It's just that you just need to process a few different things differently to what I do. That's okay. You know, so I've had to learn to be the big P word patient and waiting for Kate sometimes. And sometimes Kate has got something in her heart for something and I'm like, I don't agree with that. I don't know if that's the way God wants to go. And so she's given me time to go, I need to pray about it, honey. I need to go to God on that and we'll come back. And you know the greatest thing that you're, you're working towards is agreement. Yeah. We need agreement together in the spirit. If we're going to make a big decision, big financial decision, big decision for the family, ministry, whatever it may be, we've we got to agree. And that's what you're fighting for. How do we find that same page? How do we find that agreement together? I'll just add quickly, um, communication obviously is huge because when it comes to what you're talking about is taking steps of faith, if you have communication in the small issues and you've built a track record of trust, then when your partner uh, or you bring something to your partner that you're like, I feel like God is saying this, they can draw back on all the fruit of the past of when you've heard, when you've had a small decision about should we spend this $50 on this thing, you know, when you first married, you have a lot more conversations around smaller um, issues because there's less money in the bank and that sort of thing usually. Um, but if you've built that track record and you've seen the fruit, then you're okay to take a greater risk when your partner comes and says, hey, I really feel this from God. Um, it doesn't mean you're necessary. Like for me, sometimes Paul's like, I want to do this. And I, my heart hasn't been all the way there. Like I haven't, um, I haven't had the amount of faith he has had for that particular area. And it's just like, well, I trust you because I've seen it and I'm okay to lean into that. Um, so I'll just add that. Yeah, amazing. Uh, when it feels like sometimes we can have maybe a reoccurring uh, problem, or I'd like to maybe say a mountain, we kind of keep going around the same mountain. Uh, what do you do uh, in a moment like that? What is the result, a resolve? And is there really hope in the end when we keep just keep going around the same, same issue or, of a mountain? Yeah. Okay, that's a good question. I think uh, it all depends on what the, the issues are. Um, I, I, we'll just say straight up here, there are some big things that go on in marriages. And we all know that. Uh, if you've been married for longer than five minutes, you know there's some big things that can come up. Um, and I think if it comes to things like if there's been marital unfaithfulness, that's going to take a lot to work through. Um, doesn't mean that God can't heal it. Many marriages have come through that and been healed and gone on greatly for God. Um, but there, there could be things like domestic violence as well. That, you know, safety is more important than trying to 
fix the marriage, you've got to be safe. Uh, if there's children involved as well, you've got to have safety first. Um, and that's more important uh, at that stage to get that resolved first. But in answer to the question of going around the mountain, if it's just the, the issues that come up in marriage, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, if we're both in a place where we're still prepared to change, you just cannot get to a point in your life in a marriage, um, you know, where you're just like, I'm never going to change again. It's all your fault. It's all your thing. You can change, but this is me. Take me or leave me. And I think that's not a great recipe for intimacy. It's not a great recipe to build a greater marriage together for the long term, longevity. Um, we've always got to be prepared to change, even if it makes us feel uncomfortable, even if it makes us feel like, you know what, I feel like I'm always the one changing. Um, you know, you will feel like that a little bit, but it's not true. It's not true because your, your spouse is changing just as much as you are. And I think we've, if we are determined to say, God, we want this, our marriage to have you in the center of it, we want intimacy, we want love, we want romance, we want all those things in this marriage, we want to enjoy it together then you've got, to, you've got to be intentional about that and you've got to be able to say, hey, you know, uh, if one spouse is trying to avoid communication, avoid conversation, you've got, to, you've got to do what you can to book that in. Hey, we need to sit down. We need to have a coffee. You know, I know you're working a lot at the moment, but can we book a time because I need to talk to you. I need to discuss some of these things. Um, and then, you know... Because sometimes people just react, as Kate was saying before, they can react, they can get angry quickly, all that stuff. But hey, if we're determined to fight for the marriage, um, we'll be prepared to sit down and listen as well and then share our heart in it and just keep moving forward. Don't do this alone. Yeah. Don't do it alone. Get Jesus in the center of it. And as Kate said earlier, if you need help from outside help, counsel, marriage counseling, whatever it may be, you know, let's take the... the, the you know, the, the taboo that's out of it. Let's take the, yeah. you know, the issue out of it. Oh, you know, oh, you needed marriage counseling. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Mate, if my car is making a noise, I'm going to make a phone call to my mechanic and go, hey, man, this is making a funny noise. I'm bringing it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if, and, but we don't do that in our relationships. Yeah. And our relationship is far better than our car. Yeah. You're going to buy a new car one day. Even if it dies, you'll get another one. At the end of the day, your marriage... We're doing this for life, you know, and if we need to work on it, then let's do what we need to do. Let's be humble. Let's, let's do, take the step that we need to take to get the help whenever we need it. And uh, you, you'll, you'll find that, hey, wow, God can just do amazing, fruitful things in our lives to really bring that joy, enjoyment back into marriage again. So, yeah. Love it. Anything to add there, Pastor Kay? Um, The only thing I would say is that if you've got two people that are able and willing you can, and plus the Holy Spirit, you can usually work through most things um, in regards to going around the mountain. I'm sure we've all felt seasons when we've been there, but if you keep that, that willingness in that heart and you equip yourselves to become able, whether it's seeking other help or reading books or talking to your life group leader or your ministry leader or talk to someone, a spiritual leader in your life, if you do those things, um, I'm sure you can work through most things. Yeah, great response. Thank you so much for those answers here today. We're going to go um, our final question. It's just going to be rapid fire, quick, 15, 30 seconds. If you could have in front of you, which you probably do right now, a uh, married couple, a, a, a family right now, you had 30 seconds for uh, rapid fire advice. Uh, what encouragement or advice would you give them there in front of you right now? <laughs> 
I've got a timer on as well. It okay. has to be on. No jokes. jokes. Rapid fire. Uh, first thing, put Jesus first straight away. You have to put him first in your marriage because he is that central point. Uh, you, there's, there's, you know, there's nothing that God can't do to help you work through something in the marriage. Fight for each other. Move together. Be a team. And, uh, you know, put Jesus at the centre. I think that's the main thing I'd be telling him in 30 seconds. Amazing. Pascal. Yeah. Um, just lean into connection and have fun. Amazing. Love it. Can we please thank our amazing senior pastors?